the Holy Ghost said to talk to you about leaving a legacy of gratitude. Because, you know, whether you know it or not, you're leaving a legacy. It's important that you know you're leaving one whether you're even trying to. So you need to choose what legacy you're going to leave. And uh, it's important to leave a legacy to our children, our spiritual children, you know, our grandchildren of the Word and the Spirit. But we live in a society that's completely ungrateful. And where they get that is, is from a sense of entitlement. We have a society in America that we feel we're entitled to, to more than what we've earned or even deserve. And so um, respect is a byproduct of gratitude. So a lot of times people are like, well, nobody's respectful. Respectful is not one of the 10 pillars of Christian character. Gratitude is though, but a person who's grateful is a respectful person. So I want to talk to you mothers and grandmothers and, and everybody in here, because if you're not a mom, you still have one, right? Amen. Everybody, so this is all inclusive about leaving a legacy of gratitude. You know, it, people are often confused between thankfulness and gratefulness. Thankfulness, actually, I looked it up in Webster's because there is actually a huge difference between being thankful and grateful, but we kind of we kind of lump that all in vocabulary. Thankful, I'm sorry. Did we not take up the offering or, oh, you're just waiting. I'm like, <laughs> what did I miss? Yeah, everybody's like standing there waiting on me. Uh, thankfulness is a verbal expression of praise or adoration. It actually means to hold out the hand. So when we come in and we're, we're thanking God, we're praising and we're holding out the hand. But what would that look like to a human if I'm being thankful? It looks, looks like this, you know, thank you. They've done something for you. I might, I might take their hand. It's still an act of holding out my hand. Thank you for that gift or whatever you did. But gratefulness is very, very different. See, thankfulness is a thought in the mind and it's a feeling in the heart. And that's a good start. But listen to what gratitude is. Willing to repay a suitable return of benefits. Now, don't confuse that with a business arrangement. That's not you do something for me, I'll do something for you. That means we just did business. That's not what it's saying. It means by my hand, and, you, and that, that's different than an extension of the hand. And so what that means is you've done something for me, and I want you to know I'm grateful. Now, what can I do for you? It's a suitable return. Or here's what the Lord has said for me to do to you, for you. And so gratitude is an expression. It's the proof of the authenticity of the feelings that you say you have of thankfulness. You see, there's a huge difference with that. So we've got to understand that so that we can teach our children and our grandchildren to, to move into gratitude. Um, one is a thought in the mind and a feeling in the heart. The other is an action. One is on the inside and benefits you. Thankfulness gives you the warm fuzzies, right? But gratitude is on the outside and it benefits another because it's something that you have to demonstrate. Whether somebody is a partner has sent a seed to the ministry and they have a prayer request and we stop and we take time and we genuinely, sincerely intercede for that prayer request. That is a suitable return for the benefit received because time is our most valuable commodity. Let me read you a true story. I recently had the opportunity to serve at a luncheon. They were short help in the food service department. Although I was a guest at this luncheon, I had a privilege of setting the tables, serving the food, supplying beverage refills, and clearing the dishes and cleaning up afterwards. During the course of my serving, I met some thankful people and ungrateful people. There were those who snapped their fingers, waved their hands, and sent their food back for some correction of some sort. I am sure they assumed I was a waitstaff member and not a guest myself, which gave me the advantage. The dinner was a beautiful filet mignon. 
with polento and large garlic butter shrimp with a special sauce that followed a poached pear walnut mixed green salad with special vinaigrette. Rolls, butter, water, and iced tea with lemon was served, followed by a chocolate mousse with fresh blueberries and raspberries, all fresh, homemade, and beautifully plated. The menu had been planned weeks ahead. The invitations with the menu printed had been sent out and RSVP respectfully requested. All knew the meal that would be served to them with love that day. The food was purchased several days ahead with great care and labored over in a hot kitchen by a large group of professional gourmet chefs. Since very early that morning, all a labor of love to bless the guests. Oh, by the way, the meal was free. As I brought back plate after plate of food to the kitchen that was asked to be adjusted, even one vegetarian, remember they knew the menu ahead of time, and much was scraped into the garbage. I watched the chef's face and my heart hurt for him. He said nothing and even guarded his face, but I caught a glimpse of pain and then an immediate attempt to guard his heart from offense. You see, I had served on a panel with him for the planning of this event and had seen his heart. No one else present would have caught this brief moment. There were some who asked their steak to be wrapped to take home. I wanted to hug them knowing they were either taking it for later, to cook a bit more, or to give it to their pet. You see, it was a bit on the rare side. I thanked the chef and his staff and took the plate to sit down during dessert to eat for 10 minutes. Having been on my feet and heels since 8 a.m., it now being 12.30, I could feel many eyes on me in the room as some began to realize I was a guest and not a waiter. I could feel their embarrassment at their behavior no one said anything to me or the other help or the kitchen staff in the way of thanks and no one offered to help. I ate all but a few bites of the two rare steak and then complimented the chef again later on his delicious and beautifully prepared meal and my gratitude of enjoying anything I did not have to prepare myself. I arose to work on my feet again till 3 p.m. with blisters. You see, I would have choked it down rather than have offended them, taught properly by my parents and the word that we eat what is set before us with thankfulness and gratefulness we do not offend you see i myself have bought and prepared food for guests as a labor of love and not been thanked have you or were you the one who gave no thanks knowing how this feels i left that day with a determination to be more grateful and thankful for the things done for me or given to me my new motto in life being, this is more than I deserve, so this will be perfect. Thank you. You see, in Romans 12, 1, ingratitude marks the ungodly. Romans 1, says this, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. You see, people are aware that God exists because the Bible says the knowledge of God is in the heart of every man. Because you have the DNA of God when you're born into the earth. He created humans in his image. So it's impossible for you to say you don't know about God and that he exists. You just have to choose whether you believe he is who he said he is or not. But there's never a choice of his existence or his reality. They just chose not to glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. Gratitude is not a feeling. It's something you do. 
And we have to understand that. It, you can, can you be grateful without feeling grateful? Yes, because you're in control of yourself, right? The spirit of the man is subject to the man. That means I can do something, I can do the right thing even if I don't feel right. Isn't that awesome yes. that we have that kind of power? Thank God we don't have to wait till feelings come. With me, nothing would ever get done. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalms 145.16, You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. You see that phrase right there? God is demonstrating to you what gratitude looks like. He's opening in his hand and he's satisfying the desire of every living thing. So it means by my hand. It's actually an action. So we can tell the difference between verbalizing thanks and God saying, I'm, I'm going to open my hand and demonstrate. Ingratitude is a curse to everyone it touches, is a corrupting habit that destroys character. The child taken for ice cream complains because they are not chocolate sprinkles on top if you did that in my house that ice cream cone got taken out of your hand and got thrown in the trash because you don't deserve it because you're not grateful for what you have and so we need not to allow children and grandchildren to get away with that we don't spoil children by giving them things I have people say so and so is so spoiled they have all this stuff you don't spoil them by giving them things you spoil them by not disciplining them and correcting them and teaching them character on how to treat those things. Things are to be enjoyed. They are for pleasure. They are to be shared and to be used and to bring pleasure, right? Exactly. But when a child demonstrates, or a grown-up like us, <laughs> demonstrates ingratitude, then you deserve not to have that, right? And, and disrespect is a byproduct of that. To give you an example, we were driving home last night, and we were at a traffic light, and in the car next to us was a woman who was driving. She was in her 20s. She was on her iPhone on Facebook. You could see right through her window because it's lit up. And I thought, I'm going to watch her and see what she does. She had her hand on the steering wheel. We went. Her foot was on the gas, and she was looking at that. I thought, wow. And you're thinking, well, that's kind of crazy. You know what I saw? Ingratitude not grateful for the vehicle you have, not grateful for the life you have, so you disrespect the vehicle and you disrespect someone else's life that you might run a stop sign and hurt somebody. Ingratitude, sense of entitlement. It's all about me and what I want and, and the consumption and the greed and the self-focus. It's a curse to everyone it touches and it corrupts. The well-developed character says this. Repeat this after me. This is more, this is more than I deserve. Than I deserve. So this will be perfect. Thank you. That's the well-developed character. Gratitude has benefits. Aren't you glad? It eliminates worry, allows us to see the beauty and the abundance around us. It works like a spotlight illuminating what was already there. You may not have anything new or different, but you can clearly now see what you do have and what God has freely given you. Gratitude stops the gimme, gimme spirit. Gratitude and contentment are the answers of true character to the discontented, unhappy spirit of this generation. Keep a gratitude journal. Go out today and go to Walgreens. Get a 99-cent spiral notebook and put it by your bed at night. This is very important. Write down one thing a day before you go to bed that you are grateful for, not 
thankful for, and it not I'm thankful for the Twinkie. <laughs> Stop a minute and think, what am I grateful for? Because if you write down something that was given you, and whatever is given you, you, you do not deserve. Okay, we, what we deserve is to go to hell, mm-hmm. right? We don't have to. And so people are like, well, I'm not getting what I deserve. Well, thank God you're not getting what you deserve, honey. Yeah, because what you deserve is not real good. So write down one thing that you're grateful for. And if you're grateful for what that tells you, when you look at that tomorrow, you're going to do something about it. It's not I'm thankful. Because if you write the word I'm thankful, that lets you off the hook. Mm, I'm saying I'm so thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for my job. I'm so thankful that I get to eat donuts and have Starbucks. What are you going to do about that? Zippo. (laughs) But see, gratitude means I'm going to have to do something about that, even if it's just a correction of my character, that I choose to live grateful and aware of other people. Wow, I have been given so much. I need to start being more giving. I need to find out what, how much does one person need? You won't, you won't have the desire to be so consumptive. You're actually, it will turn you inside out, and every day you'll get up. What am I going to give today? I'm going to give prayer today. I'm going to give time today. I'm going to sow seed today. You're always looking to give. And, and stuff just comes to you. And stuff, it comes to you so fast, sometimes it's hard for us to get rid of stuff. I'm like, it comes in, it piles up in my office. This is lying over here, this line. I'm like, okay, I'm, Lord, who do I give that to? You know, and it's just coming to you because you're a conduit. And you're not, you don't care about what you have. People have to force you to go shop and do all sorts of things because it's a bother to you. <laughs> Keep a gratitude journal, Okay. So as you begin to see all the contributions others have made to your life, a spirit of gratefulness will naturally begin to merge. As it does, your humility will grow. Your humility. Gratitude always takes action, and it's never passive. It's not a personality. It's a choice. John and Joshua, my two boys' birthdays are both in December. So Christmas is in December too. So in their Christmas stocking, they always got a brand new box of thank you notes. And you're like, what do you thank family? Especially family. We hand wrote them, they hand wrote them, they addressed them, and they bought the stamps to mail to grandma and grandpa for whatever gift they got or whoever else gave them. And they used them all year long. So we required that. It's taught Children, people aren't born just, just knowing how to do everything right, right? That's why we potty train them. So everything else needs to follow, you know, after the potty training. We just aren't born knowing how to do anything. Gratitude will get you off the consuming treadmill. You will not feel a lack and try to fill it through possessions. If you're consumptive and you need a lot of things, it's just a signal to you. You don't need to be condemned. I'm not grateful. I'm trying to fill fill a void. You just need to kind of stop and go, whoa, just back the bus up. Let's figure out the root cause and correct correct this and and get it going in the right direction. It will stop pride. The scripture for that is Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 13. Thou shalt eat and be full. Thou shalt bless Jehovah thy God for the good land which he gives you. Beware lest you forget Jehovah thy God in not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes which I command you this day. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built houses and dwelt therein, you might say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. 
but you shall remember Jehovah thy God, for it is he that has given you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as this day. So if God has been good to you, and you have a lot of things, they are for a purpose. They are not to consume on yourself anyway. They are for you to establish his covenant. When people look at you and you serve the living God, wow, he takes real good care of his children. So you're established as covenant. Gratitude will bring you closer to God. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks unto him and bless his name. Turn with me in your weapons manual to Luke chapter 17. This is the story of the 10 lepers. This is my favorite passage on Jesus totally highlighting the difference on a thankful person and a grateful person and what their, the benefit to them was. Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 19. And this is Jesus. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers. They stood afar off and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Why were they yelling and why were they far off? They were unclean. They were lepers. Jesus was coming down the road to go into the city gates. The lepers were way far off because they had to be removed from the city. So, so they saw Jesus and they recognized him and they're like, whoa, over here. We're over here, Jesus. So they were crying out in mercy. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go show yourself to the priest. I find it so intriguing that he didn't even have to lay hands on him. Not that he would, but perceives not a cootie. It dies in Jesus' hand, it dies in your hand. But he just said to them, go show yourself to the priest. It came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. So Jesus just said, go. Now in the, in the Judaistic law, that was the law. If you were cleansed from leprosy, you had to go to the priest. He had to check you out and he had to sign off on the fact that you were cleansed and you had to let back in. So that was the custom. So he was instructing them to just go do that. And all of a sudden you hear, you see next as they went. So all of a sudden they just obeyed him. And they had leprosy and they just turned to go down the road and show themselves to the priest. Do you think that as they were walking along, they thought for a minute, huh? <laughs> you know, what are we doing? You know, we, we asked him to heal us. He just said, go, go show yourself to the priest. But yet they obeyed. So they were going as they went, they were cleansed. I wonder how far they went on the road before they were like, whoa, whoa, I don't have leprosy anymore. You know, and then they all start freaking out. Was it a mile? Was it two miles? We don't know, right? How long did it take them? One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. So he's like running, ah, Jesus. You know, he's running back to him like, oh my gosh, he's running to, to thank him and express his gratitude. He fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. The other nine were Jews, and this is the one Samaritan. And Jesus says this, where's the other nine? We're not ten cleansed? So immediately he's going, okay, where's the nine Jews? Where's my family? Sometimes it's family that's the most ungrateful. Where are the nine? But there were none found that returned to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said unto him, arise Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Now, why did Jesus tell the ten they were cleansed and this man that he was whole? 
Jesus was very distinct and very articulate in his vocabulary because cleansed, when he said you're cleansed to the lepers, it meant this to them. You're purged, healed, and made clean. Remember, the leprosy is stopped. It just has a stay of execution. But to this man that came back and expressed gratitude and fell on his face with a loud voice, Jesus said, you're whole. This is what he said to that man. You're saved, you're delivered, you're protected, you're preserved, you and your whole household. And we had returned to you containing the whole amount or number complete, not defective or imperfect. He got all his fingers, toes, nose, and everything back. Mm -hmm. The other nine didn't. They didn't have leprosy anymore. They were cured. But the one that expressed the gratitude was made whole. Everything he lost was restored to him. And beyond that, to him and his whole household, and Jesus said to you, salvation has come to you in your whole house this day. Now don't tell me there's not a big difference between thankfulness and gratefulness. And the king rewards gratefulness. Thanksgiving is just the start. Gratitude causes us to stop looking for what's wrong and look for what's right. You're all guilty of this. I live, I live a life of just problem solving all the time. And although it's what God's anointed me to do, there's times I just want to run away because I don't want to hear about the problems. <laughs> I'm like, I have work to do. I'm trying to get my work done. And so I'm not looking for what's wrong. It's looking for me all the time. And so I get that though. And I can get kind of irritated and bogged down in what's wrong all the time. So I have to fight for this, this living this life of being gratitude in gratitude also. And so I'm not telling you to do anything that, that I'm not working on with the gratitude journal and elevating myself up out of that, that attitude of, of everything that's wrong. Look for what's right. You can meditate and you can grow in this. You can grow in gratitude. Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says this. You will also thank the Father who has made you able to share in the light which is what God's people inherit. God has rescued us from the power of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of his son, whom he loves. His son paid the price to free us, which means that our sins are forgiven. So if you're meditating on what God's done for you that you did not deserve at all times, it keeps you in a spirit of gratitude and helps you express that properly to others around you. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all the good he has done. We, there was a song we sang in church and it says, I sing out and remind my soul. And I was like, oh, I love that. It tells me my spirit man sometimes needs to open my mouth and remind my mind and my heart and my emotions what I need to remember. Your spirit man is the one in control. You need to sing out sometimes and remind your soul. Tell your soul what to think. Tell your soul what to feel and tell yourself what to act like, right? You're not subject to your emotions. So I tell my soul, soul, don't forget the good God has done. He is the one who's forgiven your sins, healed your diseases, and rescues your life from the pit. The one who crowns you with mercy and compassion. The one who fills your life with blessings so that you become young again, like an eagle. Do you like to be around grateful people? Yes. So does God. Do you like to be around ungrateful people? Yes. Neither does God. Do you want God to be around you? Yes. <laughs> me too. I want God to hang with me. Let us purpose in our hearts to develop our character to become grateful people and to teach our children and our grandchildren. You know, as a woman, I just accept that all children are mine. If somebody's kid's doing wrong, I tell them. If you're, if you're mad at me for doing that, you have to tell me because I won't stop. 
Unless you stop me. Because we have a responsibility. The Bible says the older women teach the younger women, right? So we are, we're to take the responsibility. I know it's Mother's Day and fathers are not exempting you from this, but moms, we're involved a lot more in children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews' lives. You have a responsibility. Stop trying to be their friend. You're not, you're not their friend. You are their parent. You are their grandparent. You are a mentor. You are to teach them the ways of God. God will hold you accountable whether you did or didn't. I'm not there for, to win a popularity contest. I am there to be loving instruction because, see, I have to care more about them than me. I don't need children to like me because I give them candy and I let them act like little heathens. I need them to love God, and you do too. So I'm admonishing you. Take, take a stand. Be bold because we live in a society that wants us to be quiet. Mothers need to be friends with their teenage daughters and stuff. Not scriptural. None of that. Don't get your mentorship and your advice from Oprah and everybody else. They're going to lead you astray. You have a responsibility in the word to teach children, to teach any child around you to love God and obey his commands. So let's purpose that in our hearts. We can leave a legacy of gratitude to the next generation. We have an entire one right now that's ungrateful. But even in our mentorship program here with with 20-somethings and 30-somethings, I have to give out boxes of thank you notes and say, use these. Learn how to use these. So it's it's weird to teach 30 and 40-year-olds how to write thank you notes. But it's necessary. It's necessary. And they don't always appreciate that. Mm, but, you know, <laughs> this is our motto. Let's say it together. This is more, this is more than, I deserve. than I deserve. So this will be perfect. Will be perfect. Thank, you. Thank you. So legacy. You are leaving one. Make it a good one. Make it a godly one. Make it an eternal one. And may heaven continue to kiss all your efforts.